Yes, yeah, so have you, have you ever been to a party or a gathering and maybe your mother or your father came up to you, grabbed you by the hand, and just whispered in your ear and said, it's time to go. Or, or maybe if you got a little older and you were at a place and things started going sideways and you could see it going sideways and your buddy or your girlfriend or whoever you were with kind of elbowed you and said, it's time to go. Or how about, just how about, you've been to maybe a house party or a party that's away from somebody. There might be a bonfire there. There might not be. It might be at somebody's pool deck and you're having a good time. And something pulls up out front. The cops. Then you say, it's time to go. You know, you just drop everything you got, no matter what it is. And whatever they're coming from, you go the other way, right? <laughs> well, sometimes it's time to go. And there's a place in the Bible where God talks to this guy named Moses. And he says to him, it's time to go. Now, we're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy. I'm sure that not everybody digs real deep in the book of Deuteronomy, but the book of Deuteronomy means the second law or the repeated law. And so Moses is repeating something he's saying. And I want you to know that the place that he's at, Moses, born in Egypt, stuck in a basket, floated down a river, picked up by Pharaoh's daughter, Raised by his own mother, and for 40 years he was in Egypt in Pharaoh's court. He got in a fight, killed one of the Egyptians, and he fled to Midian for 40 years there. And after he fled 40 years there, he came back to Egypt to rescue the people. Now I want you to know that on the way back to Egypt to rescue his people... He went up on a mountain, and he saw this burning bush, but the bush wasn't being consumed. And God was speaking to him out of that bush. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those parties I was talking about, where you might have seen a bush burning, but it wasn't burning. And God was speaking to you. God was talking to Moses through that bush on that mountain, the mountain's name is Horeb or Mount Sinai. We're coming back there. It's a familiar place. It's a place that you can spend some time. Wherever your Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb is. And Moses came back through there. Stopped at the same place. Go with me to Deuteronomy 1.1. Now, do not be intimidated by these names that are up here. Just don't. But the writer of Deuteronomy is trying to be real specific about where Moses is and why he's there. 
These are the words of Moses spoken to all of Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan. I want you to know they're just on the edge of the promised land, fixing to go into the promised land, getting ready to go into what God has promised them that they have inherited, that we have inherited. And they were just east of the Jordan, that is, in the Arabah. Arabah, Arab, Arid, it's a dry region. Opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel, Laban and Hazeroth, and Dizahab. That's the hardest one there. So he's at this place with all these surrounding cities and places. And, he, and the Bible goes ahead to record this specifically. It takes 11 days to go from Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. I want you to know that they had come out of Egypt and they went to the Promised Land. They sent in some spies. Ten of them came back and said, man... The place is flowing with milk and honey. They bought, brought back pomegranates. It was great. But ten of them said, but the people there are big and they devour their inhabitants. And we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. That's recorded in Numbers 13. And the two, Joshua and Caleb, they said, no, we've got to go in there and get it. But they didn't. And as a result, they wandered Forty years. Deuteronomy 1.3. In the fortieth year that they have wandered. Forty years. Forty is a time of testing in the Bible. It's a time of trial. I bet you can think back in things of your lives that have happened that maybe have this forty connected to it. Think about gestation. Birth. Think about trials. Weeks. In the fortieth year, on the first day of the eleventh month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites to all that the Lord had commanded him concerning him. And they go forward and say, and this was after he defeated Sion, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon at Edriah, had defeated Og, king of Basham, who reigned in Ashtaroth. Don't let the names mess you up. Because they're just saying, here's where we are. And here's what we've done. And it goes forward to say, east of the Jordan in the territory of Moab, Moses began to expound, to report, to expel on the law. And he said this. The Lord God said to us at Horeb, at the mountain. At Mount Sinai, the Lord said to them while they were at Mount Sinai. Now, you think, why is that such a big deal? Because Moses went to Mount Sinai on the way to Egypt to rescue the people. Heard from God, saw the burning bush, a familiar place. He went to Egypt, got them, came back out. of about a million or so people. Took them to the promised land. They didn't go in because they didn't believe. And they went back to the mountain. You know, the mountain, Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, is where they got the Ten Commandments. Not once, but twice. 
Moses would go up the mountain and down the mountain, up the mountain and down the mountain. And the people of Israel stayed there a year. They camped there for a year. And as Moses is talking about it, he's expounding on this law. And here's what he tells the people in Deuteronomy 1.6. The Lord our God has said to us at Horeb, Mount Sinai, you stayed here long enough at this mountain. You know, they saw God there in the burning bush. They saw God there with the Ten Commandments. Moses coming up and down the mountain. The people of Israel... When Moses was gone so long, they built a golden calf, started worshiping this calf. It was a familiar place. You see, we can get into a familiar place, and we can stay there. We can get into a familiar place at the party and just stay there until somebody says, it's time to go. Right? You could just sleep there. I'm not going to say I've done it, but maybe possibly. There's a campfire I've been at that I could just stay there all night long and wake up with dew on you. Nobody here knows anything about that. And so God said to them, you stayed here long enough at this mountain. It is time to go. Now, I don't know what mountain that you might be around or what place you might be getting comfortable. And God may actually be there. So the one side of this equation is you're at this mountain and God's not there. And it's easy to get comfortable there, too. But what about when you're at a mountain where God is? where God's been, where he's demonstrated his power. You can just sit right there and camp there until the dew gets on you for a year, just like it happened here. You can be experiencing God and going with God and just sitting in there and saying, this is all I need. Well, let me tell you something. God's got more for you. Amen. It's time to go. Here's what he said. The Lord said this to Moses. He said, Deuteronomy 1-7, break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Go to all the neighboring people in the Araba, in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev, along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites, to Lebanon, to the north, as far as the great river is to Euphrates, which is to the east. Break camp and advance. We can stay at a mountain too long. And you can stay in the presence of God and think, I've got it made. This is where I need to be. But what's God got for you over here? The promised land. You can stay in the mountain, which is in Egypt. It's in the bottom. It's just They just got across the Red Sea. And Mount Sinai is on the very bottom. And you can just... Camp there and stay there. And the presence of God can be there. But He has more for us. You can't just get comfortable in where you are in a Christian walk. You, you can't just get comfortable with saying, this is enough. Or you're missing a move of God. You see, when God says go, 
you better go. I mean, that's the bottom line. When God says go, you should go. He may be here and you may be enjoying him and you may have gotten the tablets of stone down and you've camped and you've made you a, a golden calf and you're having a good time and everybody's there. And God's there. But he says, go. You got to go. You ever missed a bus ride? You know, you, you, you're running up there and the bus pulls off. Or God forbid, if you've got a connecting flight somewhere. Have you ever missed a connecting flight? You see, you should have been on that plane. But for some reason, you didn't. Or how about an opportunity to be with someone? You see, if you just stay where you are, and you don't move and break camp when God says break camp, you may not be able to be with someone. Or or like Noah, when he built the ark. God said build the ark. Noah said, man, I had him rained. Build the ark. And he built it. They said, get in. And it says that God shut the door. You can miss a move of God. When God says move, you better move. Has God been giving you a nudge? Has he been whispering in your ear, maybe it's time to go? You see, when God says go... Not only is it time to go, but it's for a reason. God has got a reason for you. If he's telling you to break camp, it's time to go. He's got a reason. He told Noah to go in the ark. He told Abraham to go into a land that I'll show you. Abraham didn't even know where he was going. God says, just go. I'll show you. Just go. Jesus told the rich man, if you want to be... Perfect, sell everything you've got and follow me. Go. It's time to move. I know you're rich. You've got a lot of stuff. It's time to go. He told a man, go. Take up your mat and walk. What if he decided not to? What would he have left on the table? Jesus said, go. Your sins are forgiven. He told the disciples, go into all the world. He told the young woman, go. Your faith has healed you. He told the next one, go and sin no more. You see, he'll have something better for you. And you know, when God says it's time to go, there's a few things we face. I don't know about you guys. But when God says go... You've got to face your fears. You've got to face your fears of stepping out and going where God's telling you. What would Abraham have done if he said, I'm a little scared about that, God. I don't have a road map. See, God has got a road map for each of us. He's calling. You know, if we go, we've got to face our past. Because if we go, we're going to leave our past back here. And in order to do that, we got to go. So you're going to have to face your past. And people are going to remind you about your past. Yep. That was two steps ago. 
And I'm going to stumble again, I know. But that was two steps ago. I'm going to take another step. When you go, when it's time to go, you've got to face your future. You've got to look ahead. God's got it for you. He has plans for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. You've got to face your failures. You've got to just face them. Just fess them up and face them. And you've also got to face your own excuses. Well, that wouldn't work for me. Well, I don't know. You may have to face your friends and family. You may tell them you're getting ready to move with God. And they may ridicule you. They may chide you. They may say, I know the real you. That was two steps ago. We've got to face ourselves. Do we have what it takes to move when God calls us? When He says, whispers in our ear, or when the blue lights show up outside. We've got to, we got to face ourselves. We've got to say, do we want to stay where we are? Or is it time to go? I submit to you, it's time to go. If God's been speaking to you, it's time to go, then it's time to go. And when it's time to go, we've got to make decisions. And here's the decision they had to make. And I want to finish this Deuteronomy 1.8. After Moses goes through, I'm, so, I'm sorry, after Moses goes through all of this, he's telling them, You've got to leave the mountain. You've got to go. Don't, get, don't stay here another year. Don't wait another day. It's time to move. He says in verse 8, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore he would give your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the descendants after them. That's us. He's got a promised land for us. Don't just stay in the familiar. Don't wait until you see the blue lights. Go. It's time to go. It's time to go. This week, just ask the Lord in your own lives. Is it time to break camp somewhere in my life? Is it time to pick up my tent stakes? Is it time to throw some water on the fire? Because if it's time to go from somewhere to somewhere, you decide. In your own lives. God wants to move us as a people closer to Him. He wants our affection. He wants our love. He wants to give us His affection and love. And He can do it again and again. Break camp. Break camp. It's time to go. It's time to go. Dear God, we thank You today. We thank You, God, that You'll tell us when to go. You'll nudge us. You'll move us on. And Father, I thank you that 
Your son Jesus Christ did that. He, he let us go from sin and death to life. So, so thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now we're going to have communion. And uh, what we do with communion is we hold it all together. And we take it together, the bread and the, the juice. There's nothing magical about this. What it allows us to do is to come close. The Bible even says when we're doing communion that we should examine ourselves to see that we are worthy. And I'll tell you that if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're worthy. And if you don't, here's the time. There's no restrictions on communion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brian. So it was a kind of an amazing thing. The uh, the night before Jesus was going to be crucified, he was uh, in a room with his disciples, and they were having a meal. And uh, he knew he was fixing to go. You see, it was time for him to move on. And he was going to move. And with his move, he takes us. And he was there at this, this table, speaking with the disciples during this time of communion, to commune, to be together. And he was explaining to them that through his body and through his blood, that we would have salvation. And it was through him and only him that salvation could come. Have you pondered? Have you thought about maybe salvation is for you? Today's your day. As Jesus was with his disciples, they took the bread and he broke it. He gave thanks and he said, this is my body. This is my body broken for you. Likewise, he took the uh, cup. He said, this is the blood of the New Testament, the new covenant, the new promise. Take Dear Lord, thank you today that we can have this time to commune together, that we can have this time to fellowship together. God, we praise your name today. Father, speak to us. Tell us when to go and where to go. And we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you'd like prayer, we have those that can pray for you this morning up front. Be glad to. If not, be blessed. Hallelujah.